What is up, people? This is EJ Stewart. You're listening in to New Generation Hero Talk. This is a special episode of Hero Talk. We'll be doing our Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse review. I know we're a little late on the review because of some of the things that have been happening uh, over the past week or so, NBA Finals, playoffs, and stuff like that. But uh, we're back. Talk Across the Spider-Verse. And, man, was this movie wild, (laughs) to say the least. So, um... A really impressive film in my eyes. I think one of those memorable films that you'll never forget where you were when you watched it. So I'm very curious to hear what my guys got to say about Across the Spider-Verse. This is a full spoiler review discussion of the show, of the movie. So if you're listening to the show, of course, you know, if you're not trying to get spoiled, thank you for checking us out. Maybe not the podcast for you, though. Maybe come back once you've seen the movie. But now I really hope you've seen the movie. I don't even think they really the spoiler warning really even should even stand at this point. But um, but if you've not seen the movie and you're not trying to get spoiled, just come back when you've watched it. If you want to listen to our conversation anyway, then go check out the movie. Do that as well. I mean, this is definitely one of those movies. Given the Easter heads, given so much of the stuff that was happening, it actually might be a movie that if you're not into like being spoiled about things, you might want to listen to to kind of pick up on things that you'll didn't see when you actually watch this film. So. Either way you want to put it, you want to check out the, the podcast, uh, be my guest, but this is a spoiler discussion. So, with that being said, I am joined by my co-host, starting with Shamari Stewart. I got to start calling them Big Time Sham, as opposed to just Sham, because uh, Sham, was uh, he, he's fortunate enough to be one of the few people on the planet who got an advanced screening of The Flash. Now, Sham, uh, that had to be very exciting for you, and like I said, now I got to call you Big Time Sham. Give the people a quick thing. How did you like it? What did you think? We'll have our review of Flash sometime, probably next week. But uh, just real quickly, what were your thoughts on Flash so the people have a feeling of what they can expect next week? Sure, yeah. Quickly, um, um, also shout out to shout out to uh, uh, Andy Muschietti um, and his wife as well. They had a very nice kind of little like uh, thing before the movie started. Like thanking fans for coming out and saying this was made for the fans and made with them in mind and all that kind of stuff. Um, and no trailers at all. It's just a screening. You just go in, you sit down, That's the and then the movie starts basically. So that was pretty fun. Um, yeah, it. I thought it was good. I thought it was good. It didn't like blow me off my feet or or anything like that. There's a lot of good. There's a decent amount of stuff. Where you're like, ooh, I don't know how I feel about that. Um, and, um, you know, again, we'll have our in-depth discussion. Um, it's a lot of Ezra, Mil- Ezra Miller's Flash being Ezra Miller's Flash. You know, if you don't like Ezra Miller's Flash, it's all Ezra Miller's Flash. Okay. So, you know, it's just one of those things. Um, I th- though I think I would say I think Ezra Miller's Flash works better when he's not just the side comic relief where it's actually Ezra Miller's story. His story. Actually, or actually the Flash's story, rather. Gotcha. So it was, so it's an interesting, it's going to be an interesting discussion next week. But I enjoyed it. Overall, I enjoyed the movie. There's, and there's a, and there's a good amount of Easter eggs, too, which is pretty fun. Cool. And Sham, you're all, you know, obviously we're talking Spider-Man across Spider-Verse today. How are you feeling talking about this movie? Oh, man, I just, I've been just, just waiting for this show, man. There's just a, just a seeing this movie's praises. Um, as of course, everyone else has been doing. Oh man. I'm very much looking forward to this discussion. So much to talk about. 
exactly so shout out to shim of course thank you for coming on as always and kendall joins us as well so you got the full tandem with us talking spider-verse kendall i know this is a movie we talked a ton about we finally got to see this movie um how do you feel about doing this episode today um yeah i mean i'm excited to be here as well um into the spider or across the spiders rather was a i mean it was an epic epic film uh i you know probably i mean certainly on the mount rushmore greatest comic book animated movies of all time uh a lot of people have it on their mount rushmore spider-man movie some say it's the greatest spider-man movie of all time there's not much hyperbole when it comes to this movie. You know, it's it, it lives up to uh, all of the expectations that a lot that that people have put on it, um, you know, and it lived up to the expectations that were set from the first movie. So uh, shout out to Lord and Miller. Shout out to the directors. It was uh, again, you know, shout out to the voice cast as well for doing an excellent job. Um, I'm excited to talk about it because, you know. It's just so much to dive into. It's a it's a long movie, but there's and there's a lot in it, but um but it's great. And it's not over. That's what's so crazy about it as well, which we'll talk about. Like it's only only half. We've only seen half of this this thing. Exactly. So Spider Verse right now so far have been an absolute smash success at the box office. You're talking about opening weekend number one, making hundred and twenty million dollars in the opening weekend. Finished second in the in, a, in the second weekend only because Transformers: Rise of the Beast uh, came out and it only fell uh, just five million or six million short from still remaining number one for the second weekend. Made fifty five million dollars in the second weekend. You're talking about a domestic intake of about two hundred forty million, a worldwide intake in total of about three hundred twenty eight million already. That's for a film that was uh, budgeted at about a hundred million dollars. So um, for those who talk about you know, can animation really bring you the kind of bag that uh, can, can 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 continue a, a, a franchise or continue or, or stabilize a, a a movie studio? I think that this uh, sends a loud and clear message about what you can do if you think outside the box and you deliver stories and art that is noteworthy and groundbreaking and just transcendent, which I think is what. Uh, Spider-Verse is. I think that's what the first movie was, and I can say for a fact that that's how I feel this movie is. So, again, this is our uh, Across Spider-Verse review show. Again, I'll do my last final warning here. It's a spoiler review, spoiler discussion. So, if you have not seen Spider-Verse, come back to us another time if you don't want to get spoiled. Otherwise, we're going right head first into this conversation. So, let's get it popping. So, uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is a sequel to Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. It is directed by Joaquin Dos Santos. It is directed by Kemp Powers. It's also directed by Justin K. Thompson. It is uh, written produced by Phil Lord and Christopher Miller along with Dave Callum. Callum. It also stars Shamik Moore, Hailey Steinfeld, Brian Tyree Henry, Luna Loren uh, Velez, Jake Johnson, Issa Rae, uh, I, Oscar Isaac, so Daniel Kaluuya, I mean, so many uh, rock stars, so to speak, in this film. And initial thought, initial take, this is an absolute banger. I mean, this is one of those movies, like I said at the top of the show, 
I'll never forget where I was when I watched this film. And I could speak to a lot of different standout performances in this. I mean, of course, the performance from Shameik Moore as Miles Morales himself, the story they take Miles Morales through is phenomenal. Um, definitely feels like a true step up and, and a true kind of advancement of the story from the first movie. And I think as we talk about this film today, like I watched this film right before, right after watching the first movie. So I watched the first movie at the crib, then went to the movie theater, maybe at two hours later to watch this movie. So I think if you watch them like that, I actually think it probably would enhance your viewing. I'm not sure how many people were able to do that, but I, I think it certainly enhanced my viewing of this film because it feels like you're really just picking up right where you left off. Um, the performance by Haley Steinfeld as Gwen Stacy, and obviously all these are voice performances, but nonetheless also a uh, phenomenal Gwen Stacy's uh, arc in this film is great. And the added spider people that we get in this film from Miguel O'Hara, from Jessica Drew, from uh, from Hobby, like who's spider punk. I mean, everybody added something different. Everybody added something unique. Um, it, it was it was it was amazing. And, and I, I can't say enough about how uh, awesome I thought this movie was. I think this is uh, I, to me, like I like I tweeted. There's this movie, there's No Way Home, and then there's a first Spider-Verse movie, and then there's every other Spider-Man movie. Like, to me, like, there is, like, and I love Spider-Man 2. There are other movies, Spider-Man movies I like. I like Homecoming. I like No Way Home. I mean, simply not No Way Home, uh, 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 Far Away From Home. But to me, there's clearly a hierarchy, and there's clearly an elite class, and this movie is right there and maybe standing atop. That's how great it is. I mean... Truly an, an awesome film and one that I only because I've been so busy, which is why <laughs> one reason why we haven't done a podcast yet is the only reason why I haven't been able to watch it again. But uh, trust me, as I get more time next week, I will be watching this movie a second and probably a third time because there's so much in there that I would like to pick apart. I didn't even want to read so many of the um, of the Easter egg you know articles and stuff because I actually want to pick some more up myself other than the things I have seen online. So that tells you just how much I enjoyed this film. So I absolutely loved it. I think it was, uh, again, a, a another game changer, just like I said the first one was. We uh, talked about this movie. We saw it at Comic-Con, I think. Was it all three of us or was it just me and Sham? I don't remember. We were at, I think it was all three of us. All three of us, right. Yeah. So me, me, Kendall, and Shamari, we were there near Comic-Con when they kind of surprisingly decided to screen the first half of Spider-Verse, which was mostly done i'd say about 75 percent done in terms of all the animation and stuff and even with the animation still not 100 percent complete we watched first half of that movie and i tweeted it and i told those guys as soon as we watched it, i said this is a groundbreaking thing that these people are doing it was, and and the fact that they were even able to continue to build onto that with this film is remarkable so i love this film i can't wait to talk more about the details of it sham i'll go to you first overall thoughts of across the spider-verse um, well, I echo all your sentiments, CJ. I mean, this was an incredible film. Um, I mean, the only thing I, I wouldn't even say dislike. The only thing I just, I just wish it was in 3D. Um, cause the animation, oh my God, that's like, I could, that's like a whole other discussion in itself. Just, yeah. You, after the first one, you thought the animation couldn't be better. And this, it was better. This one, it was even better. It was incredible. Um, 
yeah, it's just it's it, like you said. I mean, I think the word groundbreaking is really a really a very apt kind of way to way to put it. Because even after that came out, and then other kind of things are coming out that feel similar. I, I would mention Intergalactic and Arcane, both on Netflix, have kind of a similar kind of animation style. And then this movie comes out, and it's like, whoa! <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh man, this is like doing things. Um, even with like how the spot and how the spot changed toward the end, I'm like, am I watching an art project? Like, yeah, no, like, yeah, that's kind of what it feels like sometimes. This is like, oh my goodness, like, it's it's incredible. It's just the animation alone is incredible. Um, so it's got to win awards. I I don't even this needs to win awards. Period, for animation. <laughs> but like, but the the story is great and and touching. It's a very touching, very personal story. It's Miles' story, but there's also a lot of other things going on as well. Um, the entire cast uh, was phenomenal, as you mentioned, EJ. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Gwen has a bigger role to play in this. In this, um, in 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 her character was great as well, um, and her storyline was great as well. Loved everything with her and, and her dad as well. It was, it was a new introduction to the story, and that was a very welcome introduction. Um, actually, started off the story with Gwen, which I wouldn't never have guessed, but it was really it worked really well. Yeah. And, oh yeah, that was. I, I agree. I didn't know. I don't think anybody expected that's how the movie was going to start the way it did. Yeah. Um, but it worked really well. Um, and and me and me and Kendall, I briefly talked about the movie before as well, and I told him I said, you know, Spider Man twenty ninety nine, Mount Rushmore for me. You're talking about antagonists. Mm, wow. Already, already, wow. and we've only seen the first half. And mm. you know, Oscar Isaac was in his bag in this movie. Like he did a fantastic job as well. And you know, I'm already seeing people online. Oh, is he right? Was he right? <laughs> you know. It's, it's a, <laughs> The Killmonger whole thing going on, Spider Man twenty ninety nine, right? Like I don't know, it's crazy. That's always the mark of a great villain, man. Thanos, Killmonger. When you got to ask yourself, do I? Is this guy? He's making some good points here. That's that's <laughs> always a good time. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I loved it. I love I loved every second of it. Shamari loved it. Kendall, I assume you loved it. Well, what were your overall thoughts on uh, Spider Verse? Man, I mean, both of you guys make great points. I think, you know, this movie and the Mario movie, from just a box office standpoint, have definitely moved the needle quite a bit for animation um, as a, as a you know, as a real marketable, profitable, uh, you know, form of storytelling in movies and its form of filmmaking. Um you know, we've already we're already seeing Universal trying to move forward with a, with a Legend of Zelda Illumination movie. Uh, you know, after the success of Mario, um, and look, I mean, I think that this is definitely uh, again. You guys mentioned all the great points about it. I mean, you know, I, I remember I saw one reviewer uh, before the movie came out, or before I saw the movie, um, they said that they thought that. You know, it was good, but they didn't think it was as funny as the first one. And I, I mean, I disagree with that sentiment. Uh, it may not be, there may not be as many jokes in it, you know, or the the tone may be a little darker than the first one. Mm-hmm. But there's still plenty of moments for me that landed 
you know, as just as funny laugh out loud moments. You know, I think some of the dialogue was really funny and really uh, smart. Um, you know, I mean, you mentioned the the what was it Hobie Brown? You mentioned the Spider Punk yeah. character. You know, I mean, plenty of lines from him. I mean, him just leaving, him piecing when <laughs> all hell was breaking loose inside yeah. the, 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 the the spider compound. And, um, you know, when that black hole came out, he was like, it's a metaphor for capitalism. Like, there's, there's a lot of, you know, jokes that just go over your head a lot of the time if you're not, like, paying attention. But it had me just, had me dying. Um, you know, again, they're just... You know, Miles obviously did an excellent job. You know, Shamik Moore did an excellent job voicing him. Um, they did an excellent job writing his character. Uh, you know, Shamari mentioned Oscar Isaac. I mean, they don't give <laughs> Best Supporting Actors, you know, awards for, for animated movies <laughs> typically, but he did as great of a job. Yeah, they may have to think about it. They might have to think about it now. I know, right? You know, for for just what he brought, you know, like the intensity he brought to that Miguel O'Hara character, um, you know, every time he was on screen, every time he spoke, you know, you could tell, you can hear it was Oscar Isaac, but I wasn't sitting there thinking, "Hey, that's Oscar Isaac." Like he that's was a very, great. That's actually a great point. Yeah, yeah, it's very true. Because yeah, how many like, times yeah. do we had like like, and I I I love Spider Woman Jessica Drew, but like, how many times did you hear Issa Rae when you were listening to Jess Drew, like? At least I right. did, and like I, I and, and I don't know if that's just me because I wa- I watch both of them equally. I watch a lot of Oscar. I watch Insecure, obviously, but to me, like Jess Drew was like very much like, oh, that's this feels like Issa Rae, and but yeah, yeah like that, that Miguel character just felt like Oscar Isaac went into a different mental zone to where I, like his voice didn't even sound the same to me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and. I mean, this movie does so much for, and you know, won't get so much into like the impact, but it, it'll it does so much for Sony in terms of opening the door, you know, for whatever they want to do with this property now. I mean, like, you know, I, I mean, we're already, you know, they already came out, you know, Amy Pascal, you know, saying we've got a live action Miles Morales movie coming down the pipe. Uh, you know, probably in like 2032, based off of the writer strike and whatever other strike we got coming <laughs> right, down the pipe. Yeah. But um, but we got we got that coming down uh coming down the pipe at some point. You know, I mean, this is a situation where like a Spider-Man 2099 movie, like if they greenlit that and put that into development now, like that would be that would be huge news. People would be invested because of yeah. what they set up. Like, get whatever Bad Bunny, El Muerto movie they got. Get that out of here. Nobody <laughs> nobody wants to see that. Nobody, nobody. there's no momentum for that. And replace it with uh, a Miguel O'Hara 2099 movie. You know, you could make it Batman Beyond-ish since Warner Brothers is, is dragging their feet on wanting to do a Batman Beyond movie. You could do, you know, a, a futuristic Spider-Man movie with this character. And people are invested now because of what they've done, what they've done with this movie. Um, we've talked about it. We talked about a live back, live action Miles Morales for years. I mean, I've I put it out there the last time we talked about it. You know, whatever how long however long ago it was you know over a year ago. You know, before No Way Home was coming out, I I and I feel almost strongly stronger about it now that I don't know if I want the MCU touching Miles Morales. I don't know if I want. Uh, Kevin Feige touched Miles Morales, at least not initially, because of what 
they've set up with him and with with this and how Sony's been able to take care of the character. Maybe it might be best to just have Lord Miller do a live action, you know, put it in the Maguire verse or put it in the the Garfield verse. You know, I think Maguire has a little bit more legacy cachet, but Garfield's character is obviously very popular as well. You know, maybe it makes sense to put it in that universe and then cross it over into the MCU at some point. Uh, like, you know, the comics. Uh, you know, I, I feel like, you know, so, Sony's built themselves some real equity. Obviously, they're not perfect. They have their, you know, for every Spider-Verse, they've got their Morbius and they've got their Venom. But, um, you know, this, but this again, this, this earns them some real equity. Uh, and it, it, it makes you think about Madam Web now and, and saying to yourself, look, I mean, Madam Web, I, I thought it sounded like a terrible idea. You know, Craven, you know, I, I, I like Craven, but I'd much rather see Craven in a Spider Man movie than a Craven movie. But now I got to pay attention because Sony is, they do, they are doing some good stuff here. And Kendall, like, you, you, I believe you mentioned this when we were speaking before, but I agree. Like, and we, you remember years ago, even we were, to, we were when, even when this, when this Spider-Man deal was cut, and we yeah, didn't know they, what was going to show up. controversy. And all they, this controversy. Sony, we were, Sony was like, "We're going to back away from this deal," and we were like, "We were what? like, you're yeah. like, what is Sony doing?" We were yep. mad at Sony. Sony, how dare you? And now it's like, it's like Makes totally sense. flipped now. It's like Sony is treating Spider-Man better than Mar- but Marvel. Marvel is just—I don't know what Marvel is doing now. And Sony is coming out with movies like this and giving you us got, all the Spider-Man we want. You got every time I hear Tom Holland, he sounds like he hates acting more and more <laughs> every exactly. time he talks. And I know, you know, and so I'm like, again, whatever's happening at Marvel, and, and we don't got to talk about the rest of the, the disasters going on at Marvel, like. And right now, the last thing I've seen from Tony, it, again, it was the best, are you arguably the best superhero movie we've seen in yeah. years. Coming out with fantastic games as well, Spider-Man games, and giving us all the Spider-Man yes. we want, giving us everything we want. And um, um, and also, these uh, Lord and Miller, like, they can't just be seen as just the funny guys anymore, just the comic guys anymore. No, these guys, no. These guys these are guys, really good. These guys can yep. write, like, they can write Spider-Man really well. Um, they could deliver they, the drama. Probably speak to this even more than me, but this is a really good Spider-Man story, like a just good, well-written oh, Spider-Man yeah. story. Yeah, you could tell. You could tell Lord and Miller either are super Spider-Man fans or have done a lot of Spider-Man research and understand what makes Spider-Man Spider-Man. In fact, that is yeah. essentially. That is essentially the point of the entire movie. Is Spider-Man 2099, Miguel O'Hara, essentially having... It's kind of very interesting. Because in some ways, you could argue that... like, And I'm and again, I, I because I want to watch it again and then kind of dive more, I've actually stayed away from some of the discussions on this. But you could almost make a case that this was actually like... In some ways, like a overall, maybe like even critique... Uh, like a, a kind of abstract critique of the Spider-Man character, because yep. in many ways, like Miguel O'Hara has cracked the code. It's like, oh, you, you, we can now see any Spider-Man story you want. All right, it needs to be this person's got to die. You got to have this terrible thing happen to you, um, and these things are bad. But it, it's it's the only way we can keep the Spider-Verse together to keep the feeling of what Spider-Man is, and 
like the fact that like Lord and Miller were able to kind of just grab onto that and then insert Miles Morales who is so like different and so outside of the normal kind of spider quote unquote family that you see where it's Peter or some version of Peter or some clone of Peter like we see Ben Riley in this movie or Gwen Stacy or someone connected to Peter in some way like here's Miles Morales who's just a random dude um like and in some ways like he's the perfect person to be like well like no why can't I be the difference and why can't things uh not be this way for me why do I have to suffer like everyone else has suffered and the fact that they were able to just take that and make that the crux of the story and make you in many ways like cheer for a non-spider-man story like you're cheering for spider-man to finally have his day to not have his dad die to not have a police captain die like in many ways you're cheering for uh kind of what you just kind of be was kind of normally it's just running little spider-man stuff and i think the fact that like lord and mill are able to like twist that on his head and basically give you that as the main plot of this story is genius work exactly like it's it's just it really is so impressive like it like all, everyone that had a hand in in writing this and the directors as well of course did an amazing yep. job like yeah shout out yeah, to them too i, I mean ken powers dos santos um justin T- k thompson like they they in some ways, I feel like they keep getting kind of lost in the shuffle, unfortunately, yeah. uh, because oh, because for some reason, because it's an animated movie, I feel like they're not actually giving getting getting more credit. But um, I mean, Ken Powers is, is an amazing film uh, filmmaker, and he's been an amazing filmmaker for a, a little while now. I don't know if you guys got to see Soul, but that is one of my favorite animated oh, yeah, movies ever. And and in fact, that you get to see, I got to see one uh, one night in Miami, which he also. Uh, uh, worked on. Um, he he was the he he was the play. Uh, he worked on the play for that. That ended up then being the film that uh, Regina King did. So I mean he's phenomenal, and it's great to see him. Uh, you know, you know here doing this uh, amazing work on uh, on Spider Verse. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean it's yeah. To me, it really is a triumph. Um, and I, I think it's I think it does a lot. I mean, obviously for Sony, we've talked about that. I think it does a lot for animation as a genre. Even. This is a really just a great story. Yeah. Um, you know, like it, it's it is it is uh, has a lot of just good messages and like a like kind of a a deeper storyline with with Miles himself and um, and the storyline of him like trying to find somewhere he belongs right and just continuously struggling with that even through the first film going into this one um yeah and yeah it's just it's it's just really really well done and there's like a million um easter eggs that that some of which i'm sure i did i probably miss because there's so many spider-man in this movie it's crazy well, they got my boy in this movie, and that was really exciting. Spectacular Spider-Man. Man, shout out to Josh Keaton. <laughs> we we learned this week. I don't know if you guys saw the podcast he did, or he did a live stream or something. Oh. He he, ta- he kind of talked about how how dirty Disney did him during the end of the Spectacular Spider-Man series. Yeah, wow. yeah just to you know, keep it brief and like within a minute, he basically was like, yeah, like... Like we were making Spider the third season, 
and we just kind of knew it was getting canceled because like they would never just tell us it was getting picked up but like they kept telling us to go back to work so it was very weird so that was kind of messed up but so we were making this and it was looking great but it just we kind of had this deep down thought that this isn't ever gonna see the fa- light of day and then uh you know he got the word as we all remember that uh earth's mightiest heroes was doing the episode that included spider-man they were doing the new avengers episode and if you guys remember this, he was supposed to voice the the Spider-Man in that episode. And it was actually supposed to kind of pseudo-connect Earth Mightiest Heroes verse with the Spectacular Spider-Man verse. And as it turned out, he recorded everything, which is some of the rumors we already heard. He recorded that entire episode. And what had happened was he then went, sat down, and watched the episode like everyone else did. And it heard Drake Bell's voice over everything he did. Wow. And that was how he learned that, A, they were not going to move forward with him in that episode. That's also how he learned that they were going to do Ultimate Spider-Man. That's also how he learned that Spectacular Spider-Man was canceled. So, um, screw Disney, <laughs> I guess is the best way I can put that. Like, to wrap up that story, um, yeah, it was it was really messed up. Um, he seems to be in great spirits now, but, like, and it was awesome that they got him in this film and like that's why that's how i know everybody working on this ken powers thompson lord and miller those side that's how i know these guys are spider-man heads because the fact that they were like no like we need to put him in this like multiple times he has to have speaking lines like they they like the fact that he was the spider-man that they chose to say we're gonna pull this one out of all this anime spider-man could have taken from the tv shows that told me okay these guys are they're not casuals, as we say in sports. <laughs> These are not casuals. These guys are legit. And shout out to them for, for doing it. That was uh that was that was awesome. But yeah, that was a short story about uh about uh how Spectacular Spider Man ended for for Pete. But yeah, but they the amount of Easter eggs, the amount of Spider Man they fit in here, they got Sony Spider Man. I mean it was it was ridiculous. I mean Spider people got in this film. Yeah. To me, like the movie the way it starts is incredible. Um, the opening sequence with Gwen Stacy, us kind of just learning kind of everything that she's about and what, what's been going on with her and her backstory. The artwork in that Gwen Stacy first 30 minutes of that movie is maybe some of the best artwork I've seen in any story animation. Um, using purely basically watercolors the way they did. And what is so great about this film is they find a way to they take you a different universe like the universe literally is different like it feels like you're in a different place and it was crazy to do that first film where you're 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 basically miles's world for 99 percent of it it was so jarring to be taken somewhere else and to see this story play out in a different way and to uh, see you know this heartbreaking story kind of play out um the struggle she's had kind of learning more about that incident with peter parker and how she got him killed and or she she believes she got him killed and that he turned into the lizard um the fact that they have this random fight with the the vulture who is this weird italian renaissance themed (laughs) vulture uh which and and that's funny i saw to my guy shout out to my guy james holly who's been on the podcast before been on the network before like you know, he was like, yo, I thought I was, I thought it was like a glitch in the movie. I kind of did too. I was like, yo, did they just not finish this animation? Like, what the hell is going on with this vulture? <laughs> I was mad confused for like a good, like, 10 seconds. I was like, what is going on? Um, 
until then the story becomes clear about exactly what's been happening and it's like okay clearly there are people it's kind of like honestly it's kind of like what we saw in no way home in many ways to start this film with just villains showing off in different worlds um and, and to see that big moment with her and her dad finding out that she's gwen um that she's spider woman and 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 how that you know sends her to work now with this uh super sci- sci- uh, spider society with miguel and just drew and hobie and, and all these guys so um killer first scene killer first sequence how'd you uh how'd you feel sham about how they opened this film and how'd you feel about their uses of gwen stacy throughout this movie i love the opening it was fantastic um you know very touching um opening as well um i forgot actually forgot that they had shown that peter parker turned to the lizard in into in into the spider-verse yeah, it's very brief, but yeah, they they, they they allude to that. That's what happened. But there, yeah. here we got to see it play out. Here we actually got to see it. And I just I had forgotten. I was like, oh wow, what? That so that was um, yeah, that was that was just crazy to see and you know seeing her relationship with her dad and like you said, the art was just amazing. Um, it was amazing throughout, but in the beginning it was all, it was incredible. Um, and um, you know the action was incredible all the action was incredible in the beginning as well that scene in which they had to stop the vulture and you know other spider-man just popping in spider-man 2099 making his entrance and i'm yeah. i was already sold before obviously before the title before we even get a title title sequence i'm totally sold yeah totally bought in completely in this movie we haven't even seen miles and i'm like i'm totally bought, bought i mean shoot bought. i'm like yo can we just keep this spider-woman movie and then start at, across the spider-verse like you know later <laughs> like yeah, that's how right, i yeah. felt watching it. i'm right. like let's just do an hour and a half of this let's just see this movie play out and then then play across spider-verse after this <laughs> i'm all in yeah they could have separated into separate things like it, it was it was really really good it was very good um so yeah i love the opening Kendall, like that opening then brings us to the 16 months later where you have uh miles trying to adapt to the new life as spider-man again 16 months in we see this you know what starts off as this hilarious you know altercation with the spot at the bodega and it's crazy how that becomes so much larger um but it kind of him even having trouble with the spot kind of speaks to the kind of hero life balance that he's still working on and you know involves him not being able to get to this important meeting he's having with his parents at the school about um colleges and and then it gets even worse when he's unable to uh you know get everything ready for uh, jeff davis's um big you know promotion celebration and that becomes a huge issue like how do you like about where they set up miles uh to start this movie and kind of where they were kind of bringing us up to speed with and where he's at yeah i mean look i thought that the uh you know it was a good introduction to his character um you know again a different way to start the movie not starting with you know your title character necessarily um sort of set the tone for like you know being invested with everyone else you know and that's a that's not always um, a strategy that is used in comic book movies. A lot of times, if it's a Spider-Man movie, you just start out with Spider-Man. If it's a you know Superman movie, you start out with Superman. You don't um, 
or if you're going to start out with somebody else, it, it'll probably be just the villain who you, you know, you introduce the villain's origin and then you go to the superhero, you know. And, but that was a very that was a very extended look into uh, into Spider Gwen, which was interesting. But yeah, no, I mean Miles's character, you know, we get again we got an introduction to what he's been doing, where he's been at, um, and I mean again, you want to talk about the humor? I mean, just that first interaction with the spot was. <laughs> you know, it was, it was, it was ridiculous, but right. it was like, you know, but it was, it, it, it set the tone for, you know, again, the humor in this movie, but then like, by like the end of the movie, you could see like, you, you're, you automatically like this guy, the spots a joke, you know, yeah. and like, you know, something out of like the Incredibles, <laughs> you know, right, yeah. and, 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 and then, but to see his evolution throughout the movie, which we'll talk about, like, um, Shamari mentioned it earlier, like, by the end of the movie, visually, you could see him, you know, looking a lot more threatening and menacing, and um, it, it's it's taking form in, in, in the color palettes that they're using, and, um, and you start to realize, like, and I think one of the, one of the creators talked about how, like, they knew he was... Like once they like saw his powers, they were like, "Yeah, this guy's perfect." I think it was Avi Arad. I think it was Sony producer. Like, right. you would think it was his idea to to make the spot the villain. And like, you know, once they like kind of were doing their research and they they saw his powers, they're like, "Yeah, he's perfect." You know, this is exactly what we're looking for. So, um, again, you know, great job by them. Um, uh, and. Like, and again, the constant foreshadowing in this movie, like, the spot's telling him, like, you know, look, I'm your nemesis, like, I'm your, I'm your rival, he's not... Yeah, I'm your worst enemy, right. Yeah, exactly, you know. It sounds ridiculous as you're watching this film, and I'm watching thinking, like, all right, like, who's gonna be the bad that gets revealed, who's gonna be the bad that gets revealed by the end of the movie that, you know, is it just Miguel, maybe that's just the villain, like, but, like... The spot, even though Miguel is in many ways the main villain, like the spot really is still the main villain, even throughout yeah, the end the of the film. He's the main threat, yeah. And like, it's so it's it's fascinating how they do that, and they they know that nobody's going to believe them while they're watching this movie. Um, and for them to pull the rug back, uh, I thought it was fascinating. Yeah, and and I thought the way and shout out to Jason Schwartzman too, who played the spot. And like the intent, the intensity of his voice acting and how it ratchets it up as he gets more powerful is also special. I mean, when I talk about people, I think honestly, I think he's not getting talked about enough when we talk about great performances because he comes yeah. across and like, yeah. it, and that intensity also comes with the confidence that the spot has in his abilities because he sees his abilities gaining stronger too. So the spot who's in the bodega kind of fumbling around with the ATM, who's not all that sure by his powers by the end is talking crazy. Like, yeah, I'm about to kill your dad. Like, what's up? Like, who's going to stop me now? Like, yeah, it's a different, it's a different spot. And like, it's because he knows now that he's a real problem, that he's a real threat. And the fact that Schwartzman was able to like, actually like, again, ratchet up the intensity and to back that up with the confidence in his voice acting that changes as the movie moves on is, Stellar work, absolutely, absolutely stellar work. Um, yep. Speaking of uh, Easter eggs, before we move on from the spot for now, uh, shout out to uh, uh, Peggy Lou, Mrs. Chen from the Venom movies, who yeah, yeah. Uh, made made a debut appearance here um, in in a non Venom uh, movie. 
which was kind of crazy. I, I love that they added her in there. Uh, we got to see a Lego Spider-Man make an appearance here <laughs> through the spots, uh, finagling trouble, finding uh, what's going on yeah. with these portals and, and where he was scene, going. That scene was 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 animated by a fourteen-year-old too. Yep, fourteen-year-old. Incredible. Kid. And I remember the kid, like when the Spider-Verse trailer came out, he made a reenactment in Lego form, and people were like, "This fourteen-year-old kid just made this." Right. And then, then this came out in the movie, and they're like, "Yeah, the same kid that made that reenactment made this." I don't know if he made this. I don't know if he was able to make the reenactment because he had already made this. It was like, you know, it's different scenes that he made, but like. Or if they found him and they were like, "We got to put this in the movie." I'm assuming he had already, they already knew about the yeah, kid. Yeah, yeah, I figured he was still. already around. But yeah, either way, I mean, super impressive. And Shamar, you know, uh, I think it was, uh, I guess you kind of talked about like finding ways to keep this story funny, even that you know, even though this was a much overall darker yeah. story, like that was one of those moments. Like that is that was one of the funniest things. And Miguel like, oh, Harris saying, "You know, great, you're one of our best." Like. The Lego Spider-Man beating his last one, <laughs> one of the best Spider-Man. Like even that was like funny. So, um, yeah. so so that was uh, awesome work there. Sham, what? How did you feel about um, again the the work the work school Spider-Man life balance that that really is the, at the center of Miles's troubles and that feeling of belonging. Um, it seems like he's feeling better about belonging in school. But now it becomes a, you know, uh, figuring out how to do this and still be Spider-Man. Understanding that in order to maybe do what he wants to do outside of Spider-Man, he wants to go to Princeton. How that juxtaposes, you know, maybe what his parents would want. Uh, And them not liking that he doesn't have as much focus on the things he should be focusing on when he's, you know, when we know why he's, uh, you know, preoccupied. How did you feel about those conversations you saw? You know, they happened at the party where, you know, he, he's, he's late, he screws up the cake, and um, and he gets grounded because he, he can't understand why, you know, they can't figure out uh, what's going on or he can't divulge why he's screwing up the way as much as he is. Like, how did you feel about that and, and how they set that up with Miles? I loved it. I, I mean, I just, you know... It was just, it was just really, really well done. It was just such a, it's such an organic. Um, it was such an organic, real, like just, it was like setting up an organic, real kid, that, is trying to, you know, do his best in school, and, but he's trying to also be Spider Man. It's like, how do you do that? You know. It was just, it just, it just really, it seemed real, and it was also funny. They added the comedic elements into that as well, especially with the meeting with the counselor. Um, but it, it, it just, it just, it worked. It worked really, really well. They did it really well. Um, that speech. It, it also, I, I loved also like Sham. Like, there's a different dynamic about like, because Peter. Peter, like, he fails people and, like, lets people down. But, like, Peter doesn't have, he doesn't have parents. And his Aunt May is a mother figure. But, like, this is a different relationship. So, like, yeah. him, like, failing here almost feels like you're failing, like, your old grandma. Like, it's, it's a little different. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, exactly. like, his, yeah. like, Miles, like, really being challenged by his parents to exp- to, for him to explain yeah. things. 
And, you know, keeping it real as POC parents, as a POC kid, like, there's a different way you can talk to your parents than a normal kid or whatever. And, like, seeing him struggle with that, like, tippy-toeing as well, like, I thought also, like, spoke to, like, these people understanding Miles, understanding these dynamics that perhaps maybe other filmmakers wouldn't or they would overlook how this is very different than Peter Parker. Like, I'm watching this, like, I don't... Like, I don't remember even feeling like, oh, Peter Parker struggling to, like, talk to Aunt May and how to, like, get her off her back, but also, like, not say something that goes across the line. Like, I like I, I took that part of it. I enjoyed that part of that as well. Yeah, it was just, it was so well done. And his his speech with the, or the, his conversation with his mother under that water tower. Uh, right. Yeah. Very emotional speech. Or, or you know, very emotional conversation, similar to his conversation with his dad in the first movie. Yes, when he's tied up in the chair and his dad just speaking from across the door, and it's just like very emotional scene, and um, you know, just you know, said so that same line from from the first trailer. He's like, you know, I just want to you know make sure people, you know, like sure like any parent, just that people out there, and again, like you were mentioning him being a person of color, like. You know, are those people going to treat you like how we treat you? You know, like, I want to make sure that you're okay and don't let anyone, you know, make you feel like you don't belong. And that's just a running theme throughout the entire movie. Right. And it's just, it's so, it's just so meta. It just hits on so many different levels. It's just, the writing is just like, it's just like chef's kiss. It's just like, it's fantastic. So, yeah. And, and, and that conversation about belonging fits right into like you said the overarching story because Gwen around the same time makes her way back into Miles's life and and they reconnect and you know clearly there is some connection there with them and you know Gwen you know we kind of get a little hint of like some of this can event stuff that they're involved with with the spider society but you know Gwen's saying hey you know Usually, you know, Gwen Stacy falling for Spider-Man doesn't work out very well for Gwen Stacy. Um, like, they have that connection, yep. and I think it, it makes, like, the rest of the movie so, like, heartbreaking because you learn how much of this, the connection is real, but how much of, like, just, like, everything going on with that Spider society and something that Miles wants to be a part of so bad clearly isn't for him. And, like, Gwen knowing that it isn't for him. But then also, like, not doing anything to clearly, you know, maybe not let these terrible things that are about to happen to him happen to him. Understanding that based on this Kool-Aid that they've been drinking as part of the Spider Society, that this is just what has to happen involving the, the death of Jefferson Davis. Um, that makes this whole thing, I think, really made the story come together. Because it, it creates that tension between Miles and Gwen already. And including Peter B. Parker, uh, who we get introduced to when he gets to, to meet all the other Spider-Men. Um, and I think, you know, kind of creates this miles against all odds, against the world uh, situation, which was, ends up being epic. So uh, they, they, she, she visits Miles in uh, in his Earth, Earth, um, what is it, 10, 10, 1610. And uh, she goes there... To, makes it seem as if she's there just to visit him which she is she clearly does want to visit him but she's more there to figure out what's going on with the spot because that is the mission that they're on is to stop these anomalies that are happening very similar to what we saw in loki 
um, and, 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 and that, and that, uh, Disney plus, uh, project. So, um, she fails in part because, you know, she's kind of too attached to what's going on with miles and it, it leads, uh, her to have to go back and answers for her, her, her problems and, and for miles to learn a lot of these kind of unscrupulous things about, you know, why Gwen was there in the first place. Um, but decides to go and follow, and that's where he gets to meet um, all these people. He meets, uh, uh, you know, Miguel. He meets up again with uh, Peter B. Parker. Um, they initially go to uh, Manhattan uh, to fight another uh, to, to track the spot, which takes them to uh, Manhattan, where we see Pavdir Prabhakar. Again, forgive me for those pronunciations, but he's um, the, the Spider-Man of Manhattan, which is a kind of like Indian fused version of New York City, uh, with a Indian Manhattan, uh, Indian Spider-Man, and that's where we get introduced to these canon events. It really sets up kind of the rest of the story. So, Kendall, what did you think of our trip to Manhattan, and what did you think of uh, of uh, kind of where we started to see some of the story come together from that point? Yeah, I mean, again, man, another another you know moment that makes me smile and make me laugh because that was that was a funny sequence. Um, you know, the the Poftier character, or, uh, the Spider Man India character was one that you know uh, was it was interesting. It, it, honestly, what this what this movie showed you was beyond like what i talked about earlier about like what they can do going forward in the future like they could immediately decide similar to what paramount did with with like after the sonic movie came out like they could decide like we're gonna do a spider-man india show or we're gonna do a you know miguel o'hara show or we're gonna do a spider-punk show like there's so many different characters they introduced that you could do spinoffs for and i think i think this character is one that you know, for sure, it could be popular. Um, you know, I mean, it, you know, I thought it was a, it was, a, it was an interesting backstory. I, I watched a, I watched a theater reaction to that sequence uh, in India, and it was just, it was amazing to see the reaction. You know, um, you know, wow. in my theater, it was, you know, there were, you know, there was people laughing and whatnot, but, uh, but, in, but in India, I mean, it got like applause. It was people yeah. cheering, people going crazy, um, you know, wow. laughing at every every everything he said, you know, uh, and you know that again that that shows you like the impact of of this of, of of that scene and what they're trying to do with this movie and bringing in all these different versions of these different characters. Um, but yeah, no, I, I thought that that was that was a, that was a great scene, uh, and then obviously everything that happened in in it that then tied into. Um, you know, the rest of the movie, you know, uh, was fascinating. Yeah. I mean, you know, he, he has, you know, again, a very similar story to Peter Parker. He's got this high school girlfriend, um, who's the daughter of inspector Singh, who's not crazy about Spider-Man India, not crazy about, uh, 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 Spider-Man India himself. And like, it kind of, like you said, really kind of puts the story and kind of creates the real conflict because Gwen tried to stop Miles from saving Inspector Singh, which seems ridiculous. Why would you do that at that point in time? She made it sound like she wanted, she didn't think he could do it. 
but really was more to ensure that Inspector Singh died because this was going to be a quote unquote canon event that we didn't learn about from um, from what's the name from from Miguel O'Hara. We also get introduced to Hobie uh, Spider Punk, who also shows up to 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 the fray to to try to help as well. And um, man, this whole story kind of centers around the uh, the spot needing to go to these other dimensions to find other colliders because his whole powers start from being uh from from the collider that's how he got uh the these powers to begin with this happened which is why uh you know he says he's you know he's miles's greatest nemesis because um now his first triumph is you know ruined uh, his life he was just a you know a random doctor who got hit with a bagel in uh <laughs> in one of those scenes in in the first movie and then he was part of that collider explosion and it sent him uh into these dimensions and gave him these spots and now he he can't uh you know get back to his normal body so now he's here to ruin miles so that's why he gets the mum hat and that's why he ends up going to all these portals and it becomes a chase to stop the spot um but a lot of this not just the spots creation but you know everything now is happening because of Miles's ex- even existence, which is what you know as far as Miguel goes. But at the very least, his interference now in the mission uh, is creating uh, a, a a ripple effect that could damage the entire Spider Verse. So that's where we get to see the entire kind of headquarters of of the Spider Verse, if you will. Um, that's where we meet all these people we first meet. Um, Miguel O'Hara and, 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 and the crew over there, all the different Spider-Men. Again, a, a conversation that I think first Miles really excited about because this is something that I think he really wanted to be a part of. I think the one thing I think I, I really liked about this movie as well is it kind of highlighted how lonely... Like, we all know how lonely spy, uh, the life of being a Spider-Man is because you watch any Spider-Man show or Spider-Man movie or Red Game comic, Spider-Man book, they write about it or talk about it all the time but i think like seeing a spider-man so it like thrilled to try to be a part of something i think highlighted like how isolating it must have been for miles for these 16 months to be spider-man we see that a little bit in the struggles he's having with his family and i think his enthusiasm to jump into something that he knows nothing about like he knows these people are spider-man but he doesn't know really what their mission is or what they're trying to do or if he even fits in, but him wanting to be a part of something so bad um, speaks to, I think, some of the isolation that he feels and that he's been dealing with for the last 16 months. Did you get that, Kendall? Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's the reason why they're all there to a, to a degree, you know. Yeah. Um, that's what's so fascinating. It's kind of just like, it just wasn't his time yet, you know. Like it, prematurely, all these things happen. Right, there's something. It's a good point. He probably would have been invited maybe three or four years later. <laughs> yeah, and and you know, it they they all they already didn't want him there just because, like, like they said, like he kind of wasn't supposed to be Spider Man, so to speak. You know, so I think it was an interesting sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I mean. Like, they obviously like they they like there's like some you know I feel like the whole story it's almost like some some commentary on like 
the Miles Morales character's inception, you know, and how, like, there was pushback on him when he first came out uh, and this idea that Peter Parker is Spider-Man. And this guy, you know, you can't bring in a, a black Spider-Man, you know, and this is just a this is a fake ripoff, you know, derivative of the main of the main guy. Um, and that, you know, it feels like that's not what this movie is. It's not what the movie says, but you know, th- again, this idea that you're not really Spider-Man is that again, that's something that this character's had to deal with for a long time historically. So, um, you know, it's like they, they told that, they told that story from a different perspective, but I thought that was interesting. Yeah, no, it ended up being extremely interesting. Again, we got to see Sham, uh, Peter B. Parker return, and his life is very different now. He has a kid. There's <laughs> a kid who now travels with him through his uh, his Spider Manning responsibilities. We you know we saw in the first movie, uh, you know he had issues with MJ and he divorced MJ. And uh, end of that movie is sees him trying to get back to MJ with the help of Miles. And it's funny actually watching that movie again. Like it's funny you watch these movies again. And, like different things hit you differently. And, like you know, him, like, telling Miles as he's about to go in the collider, like, you know, how would I know I won't screw it up again? And he says, you know, Miles says you won't. It's just a leap of faith. Like, I I got teary-eyed on my couch watching that because, like, you no, know, that was what, of course, Peter told Miles earlier in the film because, like, it, that is, like, it, uh, you yeah. know, a real thing for Peter Parker and for Spider-Man. Like, he does always screw things up. And, like, him not knowing oftentimes leads him to not actually try things or not actually do things that maybe he should and, like, the fact that you see him happy, uh, now he's ditched the sweatpants for, like, you know, some some slippers and a bathrobe. But nonetheless, still happy is, like, was really great to see that um, advancement. And, it, it, again, it does, though, make men. And this is something that's interesting. I, I, I don't want to say I didn't like it because it's, it drives a story. But it almost didn't like because I love these characters so much. Like, I like Gwen. I like Peter B. Parker. I like all these people. But to then see that turn where they've all kind of agreed with Miguel's assessment that, like, yeah, dude, like, your dad's got to die. And, yeah, like, these canon events have to happen in order for the Spider-Verse to continue. Otherwise, these universes will collapse on themselves. It's, like, tough because, you know, like, Peter B. Parker rides with Miles Heavy. You know Gwen rides with Miles Heavy. But, like, when that twist happens, man, it's, it's heartbreaking. And... Boy, you want to talk about action sequences. Like, that action sequence of basically Miles versus everybody, one of the best action sequences I've ever seen. And uh, I, I thought that, like, the fact that, you know, as Miles said later in the movie, like, like I was the guy that they said that didn't belong, and I smoked all of them. Like, Miles coming on top, out on top against all those guys, I mean, again, just an absolute epic scene. Epic. Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, it was... It was fantastic. It was um, it was also like sad, as you mentioned, like just yeah. seeing the betrayal on his face. Yeah, you know, him just like you're you're not all, and then seeing he looked at Gwen and he's like you're in on this too, and it's just just the betrayal. Like he just would not expect these people to just let this happen. Like he couldn't believe it, you know, and um, you know. And at the end of that, you know, Spider-Man 2099's whole spiel, and they're just kind of waiting on him to agree, and he doesn't agree, and he's just like, I'm not. And then he, you know, of course he realizes that, oh, his dad, 
is becoming captain or just became captain and all that kind of stuff. He's like, well, he's got to go back and he knows they aren't going to let him go back. And he's like, well, I got to run. <laughs> yeah. It is. Oh man. Oh man. It was just, I guess such a, so well, so well prepared. Like it all fits so neatly. And that, the, like you said, the animation scene was just it. The animation throughout the entire fight is just incredible. Um, and, um, and I and I also I also greatly enjoyed when um him him using his invisibility to to leave yeah um which I was just man it was just so intense such an intense scene yeah now what how do you guys feel about especially if you know how the movie ends obviously how do you feel about Miguel's theory. The overall theory, because I think that that's become kind of like the big thing about this movie is, is Miguel right? Is he wrong? Like this notion that because a, a spider from a different earth, because of that collider, went and bit Miles, it A, took a Spider-Man away from Earth-42, which is why we see New York City in such decay when we get to Earth-42 at the end, and B, got the Spider-Man who was in Miles' verse, killed because Miles got involved in a way he wouldn't normally have had if he had not gotten those spider powers. Like, do you even buy that this is actually a thing that has happened, or do you think that Miguel is wrong in his assessment? I'll go to, I'll go to Kendall first. Uh, I mean, you know, I mean, the stuff he's saying makes sense, you know, and that's what makes this such a great story. It's it's what makes this, um, you know, it's what makes that last scene, you know, so intense and so gripping because then you realize what everything, you realize what this was all about. And that's, that's what, like, like I saw, like, you know, in Into, in Into the Spider-Verse when Miles sees the spider from the other universe, it's glitching in the same right. animation that. It's crazy. You know, cause I didn't. I, 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 didn't, I didn't remember that or didn't see that. Oh, I think I, I saw it obviously, but like in the first movie, I didn't think anything of it. I just thought that was just them playing games with like what was going to be a theme in the movie, which is their Spider-Man glitching. But like watching that, uh, watching that before I didn't watch this movie, like I put like two together. Oh wait, that Spider something is weird. Like if that Spider was glitching, it means it's a different universe. Like and. Yeah, that led to everything we see in that movie. Yeah, exactly, and and all of everything that we've seen and the way they've tied all of this together, it just goes back to me and Shamari talk about it all the time on Imperial Broadcast. We talked about it on here, but like this is what this is what happens when you have a trilogy being made by the same person or the same group of people, like as opposed to. You know, jumping around and having two or three different people making different properties and um, sometimes you get inconsistencies with storytelling and narratives and things that are that, that were being built upon. You're able to you're able to tell a story that if you let it marinate and then you go back and watch the first one, you, you will say, oh, the, it was here the whole time. And, you know, the idea that because the spider came from another universe like that's what sent miles to this universe like and it's the same universe that again he took the the spider-man away and everything that's happened because of that and 
And then again, all of those thoughts are coming going through your head in that last scene, and you're just you know, I mean, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. But that was that was you know one of the bigger OMG moments that you know that I've seen in a at the end of a superhero movie. You know, it's it's not quite the the snap, but you know, it's one of those massive cliffhangers that you don't normally see. Yeah, and I'll get to that next, Sham. But I do want to ask you first, like, what do you think of Miguel's overall theory and? everything because I, I i think that he's his theory is probably wrong in a couple of spots which we'll then see then in the next movie but what do you think of miguel and how he sets up what he believes is that that miles himself is an anomaly because of how he got bit by a spider from a different universe and that universe no longer has a spider-man and his spider-man died because of it like what did you what did you think of, of that and it's crazy by the way talking about twists as kendall mentioned like the fact that that, that that machine sent him to uh, the Earth based on the, you know, spider DNA that was in his blood. And, of course, that was to Earth-42, not to uh, his normal home. Um, yeah, I mean, it's... Um, I mean, it's... it's I, I, I just always just... I just it was hard for me to not look at it in the context of just his soul situation. I mean, it's such a sad situation of what yeah. he, yeah, what he, he, I mean, his with. story. Yeah. I mean, he, he, you know, lost his family, tried to go to another universe where there was no Miguel O'Hara and, or whether Miguel died and tried to just take his place. Like nothing happened. And that universe fell apart. Yeah. It's, very I mean, sad. it's just sad. Um, you know, so he just feels like he's on this mission now to just make sure it doesn't happen ever again. And that's just like, that's just all he does. That's just his central focus. Um, yeah, it's, I don't agree with him just on the principle of it. Of just, you know, we have to sacrifice people. It's like, I feel like, I feel like as similar to, I agree with what Miles said, which is that Spider-Man finds a way. You know, Spider-Man doesn't just okay. I have to sacrifice this one. Like that's not that's not. You know, and I agree with all Miles' arguments, even internally in the movie. He's like, you would have saved Uncle Ben if you could. You would have saved Uncle Ben. He's like, I don't believe you would have just let him die. You know, like the whole kind of point of the whole thing is that you tried to save Uncle Ben. You know, so it's like, but he couldn't. You know, so. Um, but I but I mean, look, I understand his argument. Um, but I just, I, I don't, I don't just believe in sacrificing people, <laughs> yeah. I guess just in general. Um, so yeah, I don't agree with that, um, with that sentiment, uh, uh, for that reason, primarily. Yeah, no, nah, I feel you on that. And it's crazy because I think that, um, in many ways I, I do a think that Spider-Man should be miles like, they're talking about, oh, canon events and stuff. Like, Miles does have a canon event. He has the death of his uncle. Like, that's something that happened. Yeah. Um, and it's crazy how he expects certain things to happen. Like, you know, police captains, blah, blah, blah. But, like, Miles already has certain things. I think it's something... I don't, I don't forgive me if I get this wrong, but I think my dad mentioned it. Like, he said at, like, um, in the scene with the spider in Earth-42... Uh, the 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 spider that was gonna uh, the spider that was in there was gonna bite the miles from Earth forty two 
uh, not Peter Parker. So mm. I think in Miguel's in Miguel's thing, because you see a kid there with braids that we now know is Miles or Point Two. So like Miguel's theory is faulty from even that standpoint because he's saying that because of you, like a Peter Parker in that universe didn't get to be Spider Man when actually it was a Miles Morales who didn't get to be Spider Man. So mm. who's to say that Miles Morales in this universe wouldn't have also then become Spider Man? So there was something automatically faulty in like what he was thinking about because he's focused on there was a Peter Parker there that should be Spider Man when actually it was going to be a Miles anyway who's going to be Spider Man and. Two, Miles does go through things that would you think would quantify as canon events um, after becoming Spider-Man, or at the very least after getting bit by the spider. So it's very interesting. I'm very curious to see how they play this out, but I think it'll be funny to see uh, if he's right, if he's wrong, or, or how they will they will shake it out. You know, we end up this with this film, and again, you want to talk about uh, a twisted into a movie. Miles finds his way back to to uh, to what he thinks is his Earth, um, but again, the subtleties of this movie, man. Like, I, I'll be honest, watching it, I didn't see anything, and like, I I saw something. It looked weird, but I just thought it was just going with kind of the dark nature of this chase and him just trying to get away from where he was. I didn't even pick up that this was going to be a different world that he got sent to. Even though, like, we were told everything about the spider DNA and where his blood, his spider came from, and, and that being what's in his blood flow and not the, the spider from his world. He's having that conversation with his mother, and he tries to tell her that he's Spider-Man, and he's like, she's like, who's Spider-Man? And then you're like, what? Like, when it, that happened, I was, yeah, legit I, was com- I was legit confused. I was like, oh, did, like... Was he gone too long in his world that, like, now, like, they don't remember who Spider-Man was? Like, I thought maybe something happened in his earth. I still was confused. Um, but then once Aaron comes in, then you're like, oh, my God, he's not in the same universe. And it's crazy because that scene, like, the the room is slightly different. This, everything's not put in the right same place. Like, there's plenty of, like, evidence to suggest that this is not his world, but because you're so locked into, like, this story, I think it could go over people's, some people's head, not all. I'm sure some people were all right on cue. Like, again, shout out to my guy James. He knew immediately that Miles got sent to the wrong universe, <laughs> which is wild. Um, man, man, I didn't know until, not to cut you off, I just, I was going to say, not, I didn't know until, uh, really until she was like, until like they really until the movie told you like I when she was like who's Spider Man I was like man I don't know she's she's just in another planet she doesn't know who Spider Man is <laughs> yeah I knew it didn't make and, sense because like because like like the first movie is like the like the first twenty thirty minutes you learn Jefferson hates Spider Man and and that's a whole thing and they talk about him so I'm like she knows who yeah. Spider Man is so <laughs> but again my head just went to like oh like maybe he's been gone too long and. Like now, there's no like there had there never was a Spider Man. Maybe he was somehow went back in time. Like I didn't know what was going yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I, I I think I realized when she was having trouble, when she was like, "Oh, who's this Spider Man guy? Who are you talking about?" I was like, "Oh my god, is he not in his universe?" I was just like, "What? Where did he go?" And then and then of course when once they show like Gwen talking to his actual parents, yeah, right. that's what it was like. Oh, he's not there. Yeah. Like, right. Oh, yeah. That was the thing too. Yeah. Like, wait, she said, didn't she say like he went to another universe? And yeah, because like, they, oh, I mean, no. they knew he, they knew he wouldn't get back to his universe because they all know how this works, you know? Yeah, 
Like yeah, so, yeah. and that's funny because that's that's kind of why, because um, again, uh, Jess and all of them, they're they're in Earth forty two, right? They didn't go yeah, to. They... Uh, like, where I they? Think that, I think that they're in his actual universe. They're no, in his I, universe. no, yeah, no. I was gonna say I think they're in his in his regular. Okay. They, they're pulling up to make sure that. You know, he, he doesn't come back. He doesn't talk so to they, his dad and right. Yeah, you're right about you know, that. Yeah, they're 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 because they were spying on his dad. Yeah, right. And, exactly. You're right about that. Yeah, and like Gwen, it's almost like Gwen realized like when when she looked inside the apartment and saw he wasn't there, she was like, "Well, <laughs> you went to the wrong universe." Yeah. She knew that's the first place he's gonna go, and it was yeah. like, "Oh man, like." And, and again, that's one of those like <laughs> your stomach drops. As a, as a as an audience member, when you're like, because because I'm thinking like, all right, like it can't be that bad at this point. And then at that point, I'm like, I don't even know how he's gonna get out of this. Like, how's he gonna get back? You know, and and then it just keeps going with the with with when when we get more when we find out more about uh, Aaron Davis and his situation. Yeah, yeah. It's so like, it, it's just so it's just so well done. How like. The story they're setting up, where like he was bitten by a spider, and I, and rewatching the first movie, um, you see that the spider is all like glitching and stuff. Yeah, I know. yeah. Like it's acting, spider's glitching out. And at first, uh, when I watched, it, I thought uh, when we first, when I first watched, it, I thought it was some kind of aesthetic thing. That's why I said right. earlier. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, you know, and it's like no, that Spider Man was glitching because it was from somewhere else. It wasn't yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm saying they set, set this stuff up. Yeah, the story like the story setting up is epic. Like they set up so things good. for this movie in the first ten minutes of the first movie, and it's I mean, the main would, it's the main twist of the second movie. I mean, that's some amazing story writing storytelling. That, that, that's oh, that's so that's good. how a great trilogy is supposed to play out. Like, exactly, you're supposed to be able to watch. Watch the trilogy and then go back and watch the first one and be like, "Wow, they've been setting this up for years." And a lot of these don't feel like that anymore. Like you watch, uh, like you watch uh, X Men Apocalypse, and you, or, or there's nothing in that movie that connects to First Class. Like, yeah, exactly. Right. And, you know, like there's obvious stuff, but for the most part, this two different people writing two different movies. Like, yep. And with this, it's 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 very clear how how they've been setting this thing up for for a long time. And by the way, you know, as you know, Gwen got you know cut from the Spider Society after Miles got away, and she goes back home, and she has that power with her dad again. You want to talk about other like amazing scenes and emotional scenes? That yeah. scene is also one of the best scenes I think I've seen in movies that i've ever watched uh that conversation with her dad how they used you know obviously it's not camera angles because it's like but how they use different angles in terms of where they shot them and one of the best things i saw in that scene and one of my favorite parts of that movie is you know at the end of the scene you know what gwen you know says you're gonna have to arrest me and you know george stacy said i can't because i already quit the force like and i talked to my friends i thought most of the people who keep everybody kept missing it but there's a part in the conversation because it just seems like it could go the aesthetic. But again, everything is done on purpose. The part, like the conversation, he's wearing his uniform during the conversation. But there's a part yeah. midway through the conversation where, and it's around where she talks about you know her struggle that like he's wearing he, his shirt turns into just like a regular collar shirt, and mm. that was the moment because he says I quit the force midway through this conversation, 
And you literally see the moment when he quits the force midway through the conversation through the art. <laughs> like, like he, yeah. the uniform literally gets taken off of him. And he's wearing just regular clothes. And that's the moment he's supposed to quit. Then he go, they go back to put the uniform on to kind of put you back in the present of, like, what's happening in the, in the scene. But, like, it was, when I watched it, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, there he's just wearing, I thought maybe it was, like, a metaphor for him to be like, oh, I'm not a cop anymore. I'm just a dad. But, no, it was actually him legitimately, the, the moment when he decided to quit. That's when you see him no longer wearing the police scarf. And I'm like, that is just beautiful. Again, beautiful work. Um, so, we get to the end of the film. And Miles now is with Aaron. He's trying to figure out what the hell is going on. He's trying to hide the fact that he's glitching. It's not working out all that well because, you know, it's obvious that something's wrong with him. You know, he, you know, Miles, Aaron originally says, you know, where's your, you took out the braids, what's going on? And he's, oh, yeah, trying something different. And by the way, man, you want to talk about just like har- kind of like a harrowing kind of spot to be in, you know. You see, you know, Aaron come in and he's giving the money to the to the mom, being like, "Nah, you know, don't worry about it, you family." You know, he's the hood. He's like, this is some hood stuff happening right now. <laughs> <laughs> he's dropping the giving, her, giving, giving the, you know, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get extra shifts. He's like, "Nah, don't worry about it." And just giving her a stack of money in an envelope, like, uh, you want to talk about shady? <laughs> Jesus, I'm like, this is a very dark timeline we've entered, and you know. All of a sudden, Miles, you know, finds himself in a situation where he is confused, troubled, and eventually finds himself knocked out as soon as he got to the uh, top yeah. of that uh, thing. Well, then, and, you know, he walks out and you see the uh, you see the sign, you know, right? Dad, you see Dad, Dad yeah, yeah, hero, yeah. And then it's like, yeah, and it's like, man, he's been in a different timeline for sure. Yeah, you know, and that's when he gets knocked out after seeing uh, the mural of his dad who had already died in this universe. And he wakes up, he's tied to a, a punching bag, trying to speak about the story he's gone through and, um, you know, understanding that, look, I know you're the prowler or whatever, and then Aaron says, I'm not the prowler. And then you get revealed, the Miles Morales of that universe, who is the prowler. Um, same age, but with braids. He's, you know got a thicker spanish accent which is interesting and that's how essentially the movie ends is the face face scene miles of earth 42 who's the prowler and our miles from 1610 meanwhile uh both kind of spider squads are kind of anting it up for this battle with the spot slash miles that will eventually happen at some point where you got um gwen who now inspired by the conversation with her dad is able to kind of get some of the spider people who were more sympathetic to spider to, to, to Peter. So I'd be, you know, to, to Miles, excuse me. So that's Peter B. Uh, we got back, uh, um, uh, uh, the spider, uh, what's the name? Spider Noir, uh, spider ham, Penny Parker, Hobie, who, like you said, pieces out after all this. And he actually helps miles get out of there too. Um, um, yeah, Spider-Man India. Yep. Yeah, Spider-Man India is in there. So, that squad goes up against, you know, the the Ben Riley, Spider twenty ninety nine, uh Jestru, Spider Woman, that crew ended up in uh Earth sixteen ten. And we're gonna have a big old showdown, it sounds like, but that's the end of the movie. We don't get anything else. Like I'm watching this film, man, I'm like, yo, how much time is left in this movie? Like we ain't solved nothing yet. And then as they got to that scene with, you know, Miles staring at Miles, I'm like, this is going to be in the movie. There's nothing. We're, this is a true part two. And that's what we got. So 
Sham, your thoughts on how the movie finished? Uh, boy, talk about a cliffhanger. Yeah. Talk about a cliffhanger. I um I did feel the length of this movie, but I could I could have watched it from I would I could have watched more. I they could have racked up. They told me, "Oh, we got Beyond the Spider-Verse done now." I would have sat in that movie theater for another two and a half hours. I, I, I was that that it, the time was just the time. That was how long the story took. I was fine with it though. Yep, one hundred percent agree. It was really it was just, you know, the ending was great. You know, Miles and Evil Miles. It's like, boy, I want to see how that ends. I just I can't wait to see more. Yeah, I'm fully invested. I'm going to whatever the next one is. The the best quality I can possibly see it in. If it's 3D, if it's IMAX 3D, if it's IMAX 3D, if it's just IMAX, whatever the best quality is, I can see that. You know, um, I just I can't wait for it now. Can't wait. It's it's just quite a cliffhanger. I I it, it, I think there were some people in my theory that were kind of disappointed that it ended on a cliffhanger. Um, but but it's which I so I thought I did think it was kind of risky. But it was, but I, I liked it. I thought I thought it worked. You know, they're really trying. They're they're not. They're trying to tell a connected story. So that's what they're trying to do. And, and um, and I, but I like the ending. Yeah, I think with cliffhangers, Kendall, it's it's important. And I think we've seen this a lot. And I think the best guy, person I can think of is um, Greg Wiseman, ironically, who did Spectacular Spider-Man, who who's talked about like doing a cliffhanger but finishing a story to me the story of this movie was finished like it just didn't end well (laughs) but like miles went to the wrong universe now that they're now we're days away maybe from his dad dying whatever but like they got to a story and we saw a story we saw a a true point where it's okay this story now is Stop. Yeah, it's and like now a chapter. We, you know? It's a chapter, right? Yes, exactly. Like a chapter truly ended. Now there's stuff to come, and there's cliffhangers, and there's things there. But like the 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 story in the movie really ended when Miles left the Spider Society. Like, like that's where the movie really ends. And now what you're seeing almost there is almost bonus content. Like, well, this was gonna happen next. You thought he landed home. Actually, he didn't land home at home, and that almost could have been a it could have been a post credit scene what you were seeing like so to me yeah, I'm like sure they had that discussion and probably sure, i am definitely sure they had seen and too yeah, important they, of a scene to not include in the movie absolutely yeah yeah but to me this movie will stand up there right with like uh obviously infinity war and obviously um empire strikes back like those are the two movies that did that perfectly or or the, the kind of like the the kind of linchpins for like if you're trying to do a bad guy wins or at least heroes in peril ending to a movie that leads directly into the next movie like those are two movies that that do it and do it well this is how spider-verse decided to end it how effective do you think it will be as a launching pad to the next film man i mean Look, their 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 strategy was bold uh, from a business standpoint. You know, the plan right now was for this movie to come out in March. You know, 
Haley Steinfeld saying, I haven't done any voice for this movie yet. Oh, my God. Uh, so chances are no way in hell that's happening. But still, if that if this movie was coming out in March, which was that that was the plan. Um, I mean, we want to talk about a movie that the hype would just be through the roof. I mean, we're coming off of that's coming off of, you know, obviously it's going to win best animated movie, the Academy Award. I would be shocked if it doesn't, um, you know. Elemental, you know, we'll see the Osmosis Jones ripoff coming out from Pixar. Oh, damn, uh, we'll see what. Swan, <laughs> yeah. coming hard for for, uh, for Pixar. There, yeah, Jesus, ripoff no, no, no of Osmosis Jones. Pixar. I know it looks like Osmosis Jones, obviously aesthetically, but uh, <laughs> um, we'll see. Maybe that maybe that one wins it. You know, it's not going to be the Mario movie, but um, so it'll definitely get an, an Academy Award probably for for best animated movie. It might get nominated for best picture. Um, so you're talking about, you know, literally a month after it wins an Academy Award, the sequel, it's coming out. And if that's the plan, if that, if everything goes according to plan, um, I mean, that'll be, the hype will be through the roof. So what they've set up with this cliffhanger, um, I mean, you talked about it, we talked about it enough, like, you know, I I mean, I, I, I thought like this was simple enough. I thought like, oh man, like, you know. He went into a universe where, you know, the Prowler was still around and, you know, he's not equipped to fight him right now. And, you know, right. he's just trying to get back and he doesn't want to set off any alarms. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, when he's, when he's on the punching bag and he's tied up and, uh, you know, Aaron Davis is working with his Prowler equipment, you're thinking, man, this is tough. And then he said, yeah, I'm not the Prowler spot. immediately. You know, like the, like the light bulb goes off, like, oh no. It's it's Miles of the Prowler. Yeah, and yeah, I mean that that scene like you said he walks up. Uh, you again, that's another stomach drop. Like this is just this is just a sad timeline, man. <laughs> like nothing, there's nothing really you can say about it. Like it's just a sad timeline. We'll see it play out. Um, you know, people that have that have uh, you know seen the movie and you know seen seen it multiple times. Like talked about how they they mention. I guess on the news uh, in that universe that the Sinister Six cartel has been running rampant. Yes, they you do. Know, on, uh, you know, on 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 the city, um, and so that's that's probably another storyline that we'll see play itself out in this uh, in this sequel. Reminds me a lot of Gotham, uh, <laughs> you know, the season five of Gotham, where it was just like you know. It was just all no man, Batman no man's, no man's land scene. Yeah, the no man's land, like every different Batman villain owned a different corner of Gotham. I feel like that's kind of what we're gonna see with uh, this uh, last yeah, movie, an, Ar- an Arkham City like uh, Spider Verse. Yes, Arkham City but, as well. Um, yeah, I mean, and again, there's so many theories out there. You mentioned the one where you know this Miles was supposed to be. Spider-Man until he, you know, Peter came in or until our Miles came in. Some theories that our Miles is actually going to be the Prowler yeah. before he became, you know, Spider-Man and everything kind of threw was thrown uh, for a loop. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it'll be. I mean, it's just it's fascinating. You know, it's they've Lord Miller have already, you know, hung it up, said that this is the last one. They're tired. They're done. Um, and I get it, man. Like as much as you know, I want to see six of these movies. Like 
just there's a value in just doing three great movies. Like I'm fine with a trilogy. Um, and this has a chance to be, you know, go down as an all time great superhero movie trilogy. Uh, it's certainly on that pace. And again, like the the model of of coming out with this movie uh, immediately is, is is great. I mean, um, do you think that we will? Well, I'm asking the question, and I'll ask. I will ask the question, but I will say, I think personally that we're gonna get. They've held it. They held it out, but I think we're gonna get uh, some live action tie-ins in this movie. I mean, we got the Donald Glover, which is cool. Yeah, uh, Prowler, but I think that we're gonna get like Holland, McGuire, and or Garfield. I mean, they I mean, earned it. Saw. If, they, if they do it, they earn it. Yeah, and I think that's what Donald Glover said that he's committed to be Prowler again. I think I, think I saw, saw that him, somewhere. I think I saw him say something like that too, as well. Um, and I believe they they already showed, didn't they? Show like clips of Garfield in this. They show clips. Yeah, of, they showed the archive footage. Yeah, of, yeah. Uh, of McGuire, McGuire, and, Gar- yeah. and Garfield. I don't know if they showed Holland. Um, no, they didn't show Holland. I was yeah. looking for Holland. Um, yeah, but they, those two were on. Uh, they were in the. They were in the archival. Thing. But they do mention uh, that Spider-Man because yeah, you know Miguel Harris talks about him and Doctor Strange exactly. Yep, and they show like the the sacred timeline. Right, they did. Yeah, yeah. You know, like you know, he's talking about he's giving his spiel. I'm like, wait, that like this is Loki timeline. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, where's Kang? <laughs> All right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It'll be it'll be interesting to see. I. I mean, I, I wouldn't think that we'll get live action Spider Man. Um, I mean, this is still animated, so I can see the. I, but though, I mean, they did do the crossover with the uh, the lady from Venom. Um, but, but I don't know. I don't know if they do. It, it would definitely. It would be like a quick cameo. I I, I wouldn't. I couldn't see them because I want this to be like Miles's story and i feel like having holland or anyone else come in and play a significant is like a real role i feel like that'd be kind of a lot um going on there yeah i mean i i tend to agree with him i think that we will see at least one of them um i don't know how big a role they'll be but i think we will see one of them involved i also think we will eventually see the 90s spider-man in here too i think they're saving them for the last one uh, they gave us spectacular is like the appetizer, but I, I think that like the fact that they showed us a classic Spider-Man again, and but like they gotta get the '90s one in there, and I think that that will be the crowd pleaser that they save for, um, for this next movie. I could be wrong. Uh, I thought there was, I thought he'd show up in this one honestly, but I think that I think he'll be in the next one. That's that's my feel. I think when we look at this movie, and there are only three pictures, three animated movies ever nominated for Best Picture at the Academy Awards. Beauty and the Beast, which is, I don't know, seems a little sketchy to me, but Beauty and the Beast, Up, and, yeah, Beauty and the Beast, Up, and Toy Story 3. Up and Toy Story 3, I can see. Beauty and the Beast, I'm like, what? Anyway, um, I think there'll be a fourth. Or at least there better be. Like, they, they, you cannot tell me there are five or six, seven better movies than anime, than Cross the Spider-Verse, animated or non-animated. You cannot tell me that. I do not believe people who would tell me that. I think you're looking at I, another animated I, feature that gets put in as best picture nominee. I think 
I, I think what's going to hurt it is the fact that, like, they went the route of, like, really telling of, like, a part one, part two kind of thing. You know, the, the to be continued aspect of it will hurt it. Um, again, we talked to you, you mentioned it, you know, it doesn't hurt, doesn't take away from the movie at all. I mean, and for me, it only gets me more excited, but I could see like the general, like general, you know, <laughs> critic who's not. I'm not saying you know, it's got to win. I'm saying it's got to be in the top six or seven, however many. Yeah, they do a lot of yeah. nominees now. It's not just yeah. like four. Like, uh, I'm not saying it's got to win. I mean, right. I know where my vote will go. I mean, look. Like, but I'm like, telling you, you tell me there's seven movies better than this. I want man. smoke. These popcorn movies, man, they struggle. They struggle to get Top Gun. It was like a, it was, it was a fight to get Top Gun on the list last year. And I mean, as great as that movie was, virtually a perfect popcorn movie, <laughs> and it wasn't gonna sniff winning it, and and it, it barely got on the list. Um, you know, Black Panther was a fight, obviously. You know, I I I I agree. You know that you know it'll certainly, I think it'll certainly stack up as the best of this year for comic book movies. I mean, but, I love those two um, movies you just named. This movie, this movie is way better than both of those movies, and that's a lot to me. That's saying a lot. Yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not yeah, dissing I mean, those yeah, movies. I mean, yeah, I mean, but I mean, come on, you know, I mean, if those if that's the bar, Dave Vince I, Carter I windmilled over that bar. Well, obviously, and then you then you factor in the animation part of it as well. Like it's got a lot of things going against it. Is what I'm saying. In terms, of, yeah, I'm saying if the bar is if the bar is Beauty and the Beast again, you're talking about Michael Jordan jumping from the free throw line, clearing the bar. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, amen. Like this should be this should be nominated. This should be nominated. This is an amazing movie. This this is it's rare that I can say with a pretty high degree of confidence, this is going to be the best movie I've seen this year. <laughs> but this yeah. is going to be my favorite movie I've seen this year. Um, you know, and I, I can say that with a high degree of confidence because this is... Uh, I don't, like, rewatch movies a ton. Um, I think why. I've rewatched The Batman a few times. In the in in like I'm thinking in recent years, I think this yeah. is this and then into the Spider Verse are going to be the only other two. Like that's it. Like those are the, those are the movies that I that I rewatch. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I've seen I rewatched Aquaman, Aquaman a couple times as well. But but those are the those are the movies for me. Like this is like this is like going to be better than everything anything anything else coming out this year. Now I'm not saying the Marvels can't be good. I'm not saying anything else can't be good. But like this is like on another level. Yeah, no, I, I mean, I can't say that better myself. So, with that being said, time to give scores. So, Shamari, out of 10, what do you rate Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse? Uh, I give it like a 9.8. Well, it's close to being the, the perfect <laughs> movie for me, you know. I, I would give it a 10. It just, it, I, I just think, first of all, it, it's a, a cliffhanger. I mean, it's, it's a cliffhanger, you know. And... Um, it's it. I did feel the length. I did. I felt the length. By the end, I was like, "Boy, this is this is like, especially for an animated movie. It's a long animated movie." Um, but that's it. I loved everything else about it: the animation, the story, the characters, the voice acting. Um, it's just incredible. It is incredible. So I give it a nine point eight. Kendall, what are you giving it out of ten? 
I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go nine point three. You know, I think that this was again the best best superhero movie I've seen in a long time. You know, I, I, you know, I don't know what I gave No Way Home. I probably probably gave that around nine nine point five something somewhere in the in the in that range. And this is in that conversation as well. I mean, it's uh, you know. It hits the bar on, on, on almost everything you look for from a comic book movie. You know, in terms of it being, like, where it ranks among Spider-Man movies, like, some people may ding it because it's not Peter Parker, but, like, to me, like, this has... This is clearly... I mean, you guys, you mentioned it when you talked in the beginning about Lord Miller. Like, this has everything that you want in, from, a, like, a Spider-Man movie. It has sort of a it's a love letter to Spider-Man fans, you know, like yeah. it's got all these different Spider-Man villains that they could play with. It's got these Spider-Man concepts like yeah, it may not have Tom Holland running around and yeah, they may not it may not be a Peter Parker story, but um it's got all the aspects in it, you know, it's not like they're they're making this movie with their hands tied behind their backs and it, you know, I thought again, I thought it was a great movie. Um you know, I mean, I any any real knock is just like, you know. I I don't the 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 length of the movie didn't bother me as much. Um, you know I, I like it's there's just there's a lot going on, and and it had it had to be long. There were still times where I felt like I wanted more, like Miles Morales, and you know, there's they can only do but so much, you know, and. Uh, and I and I, and I yeah, I understand that, and that's what makes this, that's what makes the way they pitched it as like a, as a two parter, makes sense, you know. Yeah. Like, and I and I think that the next movie, and I think that's really like the crux of it is that like it still feels, um, it feels like there's still more, you know, meat on the bone, and so, and I think that that'll affect the impact of in the the feeling of this movie. As well, you know, sort of like you know, when we talked about those Star Wars movies. Like I, for the longest time, I always said, yeah. I mean, people hate Last Jedi. I mean, let's or the Force Awakens. Like, let's wait till we see the next one. Let's wait until we see the whole trilogy before we really evaluate it all. You know, and for this, I, I you know, I'll be consistent in the sense that, um, you know, it's not over yet. But uh, assuming they they <laughs> assuming they land on their feet, which there's no reason to believe they won't. Um, this is again. This is shaping up to be a legendary trilogy. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't gotta wait. I mean, I, I want to see this next one, but I don't gotta wait to see the next one to give this the do I want to give it. I'm giving this a ten out of ten. Um, I, I I don't have really many notes. I think if there's anything else I wanted to see in this movie is maybe I wanted to see Gwen, Peter B. Uh, Penny Parker, those three in particular, because they were kind of down with the spider spider society BS. I wanted to maybe see them come to their senses and say, "We can't allow this to happen." Like some, we don't know what's wrong, but we gotta like. It kind of felt like they never, we never got to understand why they decided to kind of like change their course, other than they love Miles, which. Maybe enough, but clearly, like, to go this far, like, and understand that you're maybe risking the collapse of the universe, like, you had to have also maybe thought, hey, maybe what Miguel is saying is BS. And I know that's what they're probably going to talk about in the next movie. But I kind of wanted to see that. 
that's probably the only thing I could say about things I maybe wanted to see more of or thought they could have done a better job of otherwise. Otherwise, I have no notes. This was an unbelievable ride. A great movie. Again, one of those movies I'll never forget where I was when I watched it. Just like I'll never forget where I was when I saw Endgame. Where I was when I saw The Dark Knight. Where I was when I saw No Way Home. Um, there are certain movies that you watch and you're like, I, I'm never going to forget where I was when I saw that film. It was life-changing. And to me, this movie is on that list. It's crazy that it's a, it's sandwiched as a second movie in a, in a threequel. And it's, you know, a very much a part one of a part two with the way they set it up. But it's phenomenal. There's no other way to describe it. So I'm going for maybe, this might be the first time. I don't know. I we have to go through the archives. I feel like I may have given a 10 to someone else, like maybe Infinity War or something. But I'm giving a 10 out of 10 to uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. That is my final score. I, I, I'm Shaq when I, judging the dunk contest. I, I just don't give a 10 to anything. <laughs> if we don't give a ten to anything, then what's the point of giving the scores? I feel like I feel like I feel like you got they got to give people to strive for something, and it's like I'm challenging DC, I'm challenging Marvel. Like we do these shows, I'm not giving out tens. Everybody, this might be the first one I've given out. It's definitely the first one I'm giving out in four years, five years, maybe and, six, uh, seven years. And step your game up. Where's that? I need that. I need that uh, drop from a uh, Jim Rome show. Floyd Mayweather. Step your game up. It's really not fair to some of these movies because, like, the only movies that'll act that'll ever have a shot of getting a ten are movies that I go into it where I'm just like, man, like, like whatever, whenever we get an X Men movie, like that, I mean, I have a shot to to to, to get a ten, you know, if it, if it it probably won't, but it, like, there's got to be like a, a like an excitement level. Not to say this wasn't high, but uh, it's got to be like a just a personal like. You know, I'm in tears watching this movie. Excitement. Which again, I just can't. Really I just can't remember the last time I was that. I mean, I guess Endgame was the last time. Oh no, uh, No Way Home. I guess a little bit, but even more than No Way Home. Yeah, like, No Way Home. No Way Home was close. To that but like, movie. just that being lost in the movie. But it just it was a flawed. It was a flawed movie though, so I couldn't give it a damn. But like for me, like to be lost in this movie the way I was, to where like yeah. I don't know what time it is. Yeah. I'm like, what? What time? Like, how long is this movie? Like. When's the final? Like that to me, I don't look at that as a bad thing. I look at that as yeah. I was so lost in this story and so gripped by it that like I had lost sense of who so, I was as a person. And, and like, again, no, I, the last time I could think about like, that was Endgame. That's the last time I could think about where I was like that. And like the animation is uh, almost the animation alone. The animation yeah. is the best animation Every I've ever day. seen. Just like it's crest incredible. Is there's no. Yeah. It's it's absolutely like I said it's absolutely groundbreaking. So like you yeah. got to add that too. Like just like we talk about yeah. like a film and like how it's shot and the cinematography. Like you got to put the animation in this grade as well. So yeah. any knock I may have from a story standpoint, which there are like almost none, it makes up for it with the animation. There's nothing. This animation is spot on. There's yeah. nothing bad I can say about the animation. This it is, is again that- it's one of the best I've ever seen. So like I, I have no problem giving it a ten. This is a movie that I looked at my, I, a lot of times, especially if I'm sitting in the theater, you know, and, and you know, I, I'm, I'll look at my phone, like, however, like in the third act, I'll look at my phone. I'll know how long the movie is, especially if I know how long the movie is. I'll, I'll go into the movie being like, all right, I should probably get out of here by X, you know, whatever time, you know, and, and I'll look at my phone and I'll see, all right, what time is it? 
knowing that, oh man, there's there's, there's probably be another twenty minutes. I'm that guy who's watch. If I'm watching a show, I, I you know on Netflix, I'll pause you it. Pause it. See how much time left. Yeah. You know to see where you're at and to see you know am I am I in the last scene? And I look at my phone and I see like oh man, there's there's twenty minutes left. Like oh damn, and then it gets to like five minutes left and like everything's still kind of like. In crescendoing, flux. yeah, yeah, like I'm like, oh, no, it's five minutes. Left. That's why I wasn't shocked that they like they ended on a cliffhanger, but I was just like, but like it, it was so again, it was a, it was bizarre because it was like there's still so much <laughs> that 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 could happen right now. You're gonna end now, like I could kind of see the cliffhanger and the 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 twist coming just because I knew how much time was left. But I was like, oh man, uh, so yeah, that, again, that's an incredible experience of the movie. Um, and how this yeah. sets up this final film is going to be crazy. Because remember, Jefferson Davis is set to die in two days. So there's so yes. much that has to happen in two days. Like, is it just, do we just, like, is like is the whole second movie, third movie just two days? Is it, is there a story beyond whether Jefferson Davis, your slash Jefferson Morales survives this encounter? Like, we don't even know. No, like, it's, be, yeah. Like you would think it has to be, but I don't know. I mean, if they're setting up a super spider showdown with ten to eleven spider people involved, then maybe it doesn't. And then a, a, a spider crawl, a prowler, a, like who? Then maybe it doesn't have to be. Maybe maybe that can just be the movie. I don't know. But uh, I mean, I can't wait for it. That's only I say. I can't wait for it, man. March can't come soon enough. But uh, I think that's a good place to leave it, though. So I want to thank you guys so much for checking out. Our podcast. Thank you for waiting on us. I know we were a little late on this one, so I'm glad you guys uh, stuck with us and, and, and checked out our Across the Spider-Verse uh, podcast episode, our review episode. Um, thank you guys so much for checking us out again. If you enjoyed this episode, you can catch us um, wherever you get your podcast. You can get that's including um, uh, you get us on the Spotify, you get us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, two hundred Spotify twice. You can also catch us on YouTube. Uh, we got some new NBA draft videos up there. So check us out on YouTube as well. Um, new Generation Medias will find us there. Individually, in terms of social media, I'm on Twitter, EJ underscore Stewart, Instagram, Acton EJ. Kendall's on Twitter, New Gen Ken. Shamari's on Snapchat and Instagram, MTShan22. You can find New Generation Podcast Network on Twitter, New Generation Pod, Instagram, New Generation Podcast. I think that's going to do it for now. Thank you guys so much for checking us out. But Shamari. For Kendall, I'm EJ. Take it easy, guys. Peace.